0: On this day, we thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus and the opportunity to remember that we are not trapped in bad history, that we can work together to build a new kingdom on earth to come. Amen. Despite the storms And the clouds that are gathering around this country and throughout the world, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I want to thank very much our sister, our beloved sister, Stephanie Parcell, and our magnificent brother, Jonathan Walton, for making this day come into being. It is indeed a pleasure to be with you on this important day in Christian history, in universal history, in meta history, as we remember a people who stood up against an empire, who tried to strangle their hope and their dreams out of them. When I started thinking about this sermon, my first impulse was to entitle it, Behold, this Galilean is us. And thinking about this, I wanted to make the theological point that no matter the time, no matter the season, there rises up a people who give birth to a prophet who articulate their deep hunger for freedom and their unwillingness to be strangled by the ruthless iron grip of empire oppression that leads to spiritual death. I was moved by this title to remember that Jesus, a brown Palestinian Jew, born in Nazareth, a province of Galilee, was born into an empire where just as today for black and brown boys all over the world, it is a capital offense to be born male. I was reminded how Mary, the mother of Jesus, as did my mother and hundreds of other black and white mothers during the Southern Freedom Movement, choked back their fears and their tears for the lives of their children as they sent them into the violent war zones of the South to build a beloved community and to make real the promise of democracy. Yet, like Mary, these brave mothers asked the radical and loving question, if not my children, then whose children? And as I thought about these comparisons, It became very clear to me that this Nazarene prophet, healer, teacher, and freedom fighter's story from the province of Galilee reaches across the ages and becomes one with all of our struggles to put together the scattered pieces of our lives that the empire has broken into tiny bits with the sharp edges of systemic oppression and state-sanctioned violence. On Palm Sunday, we see evidence of Jesus' spiritual handiwork of community formation, where the community moves out of a state of fear and fragmentation into the intimacy of a resisting community. Their movement towards wholeness is good news for them, but it is bad news for the empire. Because it is bad news for the empire, because we see these ordinary peasants moving from the small spaces of containment and surveillance that the empire allocates to them into the largeness of the new kingdom which God invites them, which Jesus invites them to move freely. Because of this movement, the Roman Empire will never be the same. And this is the good news for the people but it is bad news for the empire. And as I pondered my sermon, I thought I might make the comparison between the Freedom March on Palm Sunday and the march to Montgomery during the Southern Freedom Movement, where ordinary people came out of their closets of fear to break through the iron curtain of silence and compliance and to take the revolutionary stance of claiming one, who had come up out of their roots and who bore the marks of brutal empire, just like them. With all of these ideas percolating in me, I thought I had settled on my title, This Galilean is Us. Then on April 4th, on the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s prophetic sermon Beyond Vietnam, A Time to Break Silence, that predicted the spiritual death of America if it did not change its ways, Michelle Alexander and I gathered at Riverside Church with 1,800 people to reflect and deepen our understanding of the spiritual and social meaning of that sermon. And it was in this moment that I was struck once again with the revelation that good news for the people is bad news for the empire. And I was struck once again by the powerful reminder that the great march of the people on Palm Sunday was good news for the people, and it was bad news for the empire. And thus the title of my sermon this morning is, Good news for the people is bad news for the empire. And this title reminds us that as the Jewish people marched on Palm Sunday in the streets to Jerusalem, They turned the road where men, women, and children were robbed and repressed into a road of liberation. They transformed it from a site of terror and dishonor into a site of resistance, subversion, and honor. The first freedom march recorded in the New Testament in the streets foretold a new day coming when the power and courage of ordinary peasants would crush the Roman Empire. It reaffirmed the truth as Martin Luther King reminded us that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice and no lie lives forever and truth crushed to the ground shall rise again. I'm here to tell you church this morning that despite the lies of white supremacists who prance around the world stage, preaching the message that white supremacy will return with all of its fullness and terror, we are witnessing the shame stoking of a white supremacist empire that is in critical condition and is in its last moments before a writhing death. It is within this context that we must consider the meaning of Palm Sunday. And as we, witness the, as we have witnessed the miracles and feats of Jesus on the road, casting out demons of empire consciousness, motivating men and women to stand up and walk tall, and reaffirming the power of ordinary people to be co-builders in building a beloved community that is God's promise, and their inheritance. We are witnessing nothing less than a radical spiritual movement that will ultimately rearrange the social and political landscape of the Roman Empire, where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. The empire knows that despite its denial and despite its repression and despite its production of lies, about its supremacy and the powerlessness of the people, that the radical spiritual movement of ordinary people is a soul force more powerful than all of empire weapons and all of its institutions. Yet, the guardians of empire will do as they have always done. They will kill the messenger. Despite the historical evidence that the impulse and hunger for freedom in ordinary people never dies, you can kill the messenger, but you can't kill the hunger for freedom. Therefore, even as the empire and its henchmen crucified Jesus, it is also in the process of murdering itself. And as we think about our society in relation to the world in which Jesus lived, we see the death prints of the state, diseased, spiritually and mentally malformed by the perversion of white supremacy and all of its subsidiaries. And as I bore witness during the election season to the shrill, misogynist, and racist cries of the foot soldiers of white supremacy, I trembled with the recognition that they represent more than 400 years of a dynamic bleaching out of white humanity by the guardians of white supremacy. And these ordinary white people are the ultimate ultimate and concrete manifestation of a white society gone mad from its own social and spiritual hubris. They are the products of a white supremacist, death driven society that gave birth to enslavement, colonialism, militarism, genocide, medical apartheid, rape, torture, and all sorts of crimes against people of color. In short, their white rage and violence is a buildup of festering hatred, fear, and a belief that their identities rest over and against the domination of men and women of color and women and girls of all colors. And the more men, women, and children of all colors grow spiritual and social movements that snap the stranglehold of hold of a white male supremacist culture nationalism, the more these ordinary white people become unhinged, and the more they spiral down into a spiritual death where they seek artificial stimulants to breathe life into their dry spiritual bones. And as we follow the biography of the Roman Empire, its madness ultimately culminated in the rise of a mad emperor named Nero who lived in an alternative reality where people whispered in his ear Lies that aggrandized him and turned his abject failures into false feats of victory. And his mad and twisted view of the world propelled him to burn down his own city and to manufacture the lie that the Christians did it as an excuse to feed them to the lions because he feared the spiritual power, their spiritual power, and understood that the good news that the Christians were spreading among themselves was bad news for the Roman Empire. And thousands of years later, we have another emperor who sits in the seat of power, who is a representation of the pileup of spiritual malformation of the West, whose intestines are clogged and rotted with the bitter bile of its own impending spiritual death from its inability to excrete its poisonous fumes of racism, militarism, materialism, patriarchy, heterosexism, and yes, even Christian imperialism. We see this mad emperor Donald Trump reeling with the same cynicism of Nero as he used the state-sanctioned genocide of the Syrian people, most particularly the image of children burned from chemical warfare as an excuse to unleash more than 69 Tomahawk missiles on that nation as a way of moving forward American and Russian intent to rebuild a white supremacist global culture in the face of a majority-growing colored world. He, as does Putin, support Assad because they know that the Syrian people's victory against corruption will not only destabilize their empire at home, but will devastate Western hegemony and domination around the world. Like Nero, Donald Trump recognizes that the good news for the Syrian people is bad news for Western empires. As many Americans watch Donald Trump, there is a self-righteous tendency to demonize him and to distance ourselves from the spiritual aberration and evil that we think he represents. Yet, my brothers and sisters, Donald Trump exists because of what is in all of us. For white Americans, he's a mirror in which you must look at yourselves to understand the price you have paid for a ticket to ride on a train of whiteness. Donald Trump provides a mirror for white America to understand the price that you have paid for bowing down and worshiping at the altar of whiteness and for making the guardians of white supremacy your guards, gods, who determine your sitting down and getting up and to whom you give your ultimate allegiance. As Donald Trump and his surrogates hound and hunt down black and brown immigrants, whether under the umbrella of fighting terrorism or Christian imperialism, white America must come face to face with the hard truth that despite all of God's opportunities to to change, Many of your sisters and brothers choose a life of death and the repetition of old habits, rather than a new life of radical change and redemption. People of color, you're not scot-free. You also are faced with the hard choices of rooting out the empire that is in all of us. We must refuse to be running dogs for the empire and to give our people rotted meat and stinking bones. We must refuse to, to be, we must refuse the opiates and seductions of empires such as titles, positions, awards, and all other benefits that make us dangerous strangers at our people's table. We must continue a spiritual path towards freedom that was hollowed out in the fields of America by ordinary black people during enslavement as they raise themselves from being commodities and properties to being children of God and essential players in tr- creation. And for those of you who are young and who sit in this sanctuary this morning, it is important that you understand that your power to lead people does not come from your degrees, of the fact that you have studied in an Ivy League institution. Rather, authentic leadership rises up out of the body of the people. Authentic leaders know the people, and the people know their leaders through intimate experiences of a shared common history and daily eye-to-eye proximity. We are called upon on this Palm Sunday and on the hills of the 50th anniversary of the Beyond Vietnam sermon that both Jesus and Martin Luther King Jr. issued, to remember that both Jesus and Martin Luther King issued a nonstop indictment against materialism. They warned us that to make materialism the epicenter of human existence, is to lock us us in a never-ending spiral towards spiritual death, meaninglessness, despair, hopelessness, and ultimately nihilism. In the age of Trumpism, we are caught in a spiral heading towards a cataclysmic ending, and this is both bad news for the empire and bad news for the people. Yet life is not static, nor are we locked in a history without an exit. We can, with a revolution of values, breathe life into a decaying empire into a, and into our own lives. Martin Luther King tells us that a revolution of values puts us in the, on the right side of history as a nation and as individuals. Although liberating and redemptive, I want to just tell you that the pathway towards revolution, revolutionizing values is not easy. It requires, and I quote from Martin Luther King, a spiritual rebirth where America moves from its long history of being a things oriented society to becoming a person oriented society. And yet, Despite all the troubling in the nation, one sits back and wonder, what is the good news? Why do I say that this is the day that the Lord has made? Let us rejoice in it. And even as Donald Trump and Putin consolidate white nationalist power around the globe, And even as they continue to gobble up the resources of people of color around the globe, and even as Donald Trump calls for a wall to contain all of us in a prison of a white supremacist empire, and even as police unions are given the green light to murder black people and brown people by Sessions and by Donald Trump, and even as immigrant officers snatch fathers and mothers away from their crying and frantic children and even as white men push their feet on the necks of women, this is a day for celebration because history teaches us, and I paraphrase Sweet Honey in the Rock, that no empire can kill the dreams we hold because the people's hunger and impulse for freedom never dies. This is the good news for the people. It is a death sentence for the empire. And I say to everyone, thanks be to God.